stream the world round via iHeartRadio. I'm joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone, who has just made me aware that it is the birthday of our afternoon guy here, Kramer. Indeed. So what do we get, the big dog? The big dog. What do we I get, the know. big dog? Another pair of cargo shorts? I don't know. Let's I, get him a bag of weed so he chills out. <laughs> no. Like, no. No, I know. He's very anti-marijuana. Like, I take a lot of, uh, I don't want to call it hate mail. But I take a lot of mail about Kramer, and if you've never heard him, he's on in the afternoon, 3 to 7, and I actually find Kramer to be pretty funny. But, all right, I actually find Kramer to be funny. Let's not, let's not add words to it. But I, but, but I do. I enjoy Kramer, right? And, but I take a lot of messages from people who are like, you know, your station contradicts itself a ton, man. Like, you on in the morning talking about how marijuana should be legal, and Kramer hates it. And it's like, well, yeah, there's different shows. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The station's not behind marijuana. That's, They're just behind two marijuana ads. That, that's one of the, 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 I would say, strengths of Rock 106.9 is that there are a couple of different perspectives there. For sure. Um, I mean, neither you nor I are rock stars, but Nikki Six is on the station, so like, it's okay. That's can, fair. You know, it's we, a fair Point. We can have some different things going on on the Plus, Rock Mother. I, for, now, I don't know what his affiliation is, Kramer, but when I listen to him, he definitely comes off, and I don't know if th- this is intentioned or what, or if, uh, but he definitely comes off sounding to me like he's a little bit more off of um, the Republican side of the aisle. Um, I think he's comparable to you in the sense of probably somewhere towards the middle, but skews one way or the other occasionally. Okay. You know what I mean? And sure. that's, that's probably where most people are and where most people probably should be. Because a lot of people, again, when I take messages about him, they say, well, at least he's not a liberal crybaby like you are. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. a lot of people like seem to, you know, it's like, okay, you know, whatever. I don't really consider myself to be an ultra liberal, but I probably weigh you down a little bit on that one. Well, I also think if you're that far on the other side of the aisle, I would sound that way. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Of course. Of course. You know, that's kind of how that works how are you buddy what's going on uh pretty good pretty good have a little bit of a what do i want to call this i don't know if i want to say a moral dilemma oh, or no. or am i a coward uh but yes. but but yesterday i hope that's what it is i hope yesterday i uh i was cutting my grass and you know i'm in the backyard and there's the little alleyway that you know where i park and stuff like that okay. so um i don't live in the worst neighborhood in canton certainly but it's just kind of like you know one of those southwest side neighborhoods that you know there's 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 homeowners that have been there for for 50 years and then there's people who rent and blast little Uzi vert you get a combination of both going on there yes you do um and so I, i'm cutting yes the, you do i'm cutting the grass and a too much of one, not enough of the other, baby. As I kind of get towards the alley, I see what is a pretty large size, and I'm not like a dog expert by any sense, but what I assume is a pit bull. And it's a good-looking dog. Like, I can tell it's somebody's pet. Like, it's definitely, you know. Being cared for. Right, that, like, right, 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 right. So I You're s- not seeing ribs showing in that? No. So I, so I, see, okay. this, so I see this dog. And I stop the lawnmower, and I've still got it on, and this dog kind of comes towards me. And it does not aggressively, but still kind of coming towards me. Not charging at you, no, just walking towards but, you. And then it stops, and we kind of look at each other. And I'm like, what am I going to do here? This is obviously Don't somebody's... I'm like, this is obviously somebody's pet. This is obviously something that, like, should... And I, I, like I said, I was mowing the grass. So I didn't have my phone or anything, so I'm like, well, I can't, like, go up and try to, like, you know, engage this dog. I'm like, I have no idea if this dog's going to attack. No matter me. what kind of breed of dog it is, probably not smart to approach a dog you don't know. Right. I have no. Right. I have no relationship with this dog. And I mean, like I said, a substantially sized animal here. That if it decided to go at me, it's going to hurt. You. It's going to hurt me. Sure. No question about it. Yeah, that's that's so, fair. So, so at this point, I'm like, well, what what do I do here? 
And I decided, well, the best thing I can do is take a picture of it and at least like post it up on the Stark County Humane Society or something like that. So I go inside, grab my phone, come back outside. Dog's already gone. I kind of look around for it, like go like. Well, I was hoping like, you came back it- out and it's like pushing the mower, <laughs> like, finishing your lawn. Be like, dude. So I mean, does that make me? Does that make me like? No. Uh, Intelligent. I made, okay, I made the right call. Yesterday. Intelligent. Okay. Yeah. I see. Now you as a as a all oh, pit bulls are great. They're blah blah. They blah. are. Well, they are, but you don't know who's raising that animal. Like, I've always said this about pit bulls. Do people post about pit bull attacks because they know it's going to get passed around? I, I have owned multiple pit bulls. I've had more than three of them, and I've never had not one issue. Now, I doubt highly that that means that I'm lucky. I, I think it's probably how I decided to raise my dogs. Now, I, I have said that pit bulls will attract shady ownership. They do do that because, of the, because they can fight they can be fighting dogs, okay? But you got to remember, we've changed the breed of dog in America that we've been afraid of every decade. Late 70s, oh, can't have a Doberman, meanest dog ever. Early 80s, can't have a Rottweiler, meanest dog ever. 90s till now, can't have a pit bull, meanest dogs ever. Well, we've changed the breed of dog we're afraid of in this country every single decade. Now, well, worth noting, if it was a Rottweiler or a Doberman, I would have reacted the same way. Um, but if it was a golden retriever, I would have went up and got that dog. If I think it was if it was a medium sized dog or even a larger dog that I didn't feel like was a threat, I would have went up and like touch. I would have at least like made I think connection your, there. Your statement is accurate though that you feel as if it's a threat. But I'm telling you right now, dude, a golden retriever could hurt you every bit as bad. Would it? I don't know. Oh, I disagree. Every bit is bad. No way a golden retriever could hurt me every bit as bad as a pit bull could. No Dude, way. You don't think a golden retriever could kill you if it wanted to? No. For sure it could. No, I'm going to disagree. You don't think a dog could could jump at you, bite you around the neck, and take your throat out? For sure it could. I'm Dude, gonna, German Shepherds were the dog that people used to use for this. And, I, and again, we were afraid of those back in the day. Like I said, German Shepherd, a dog that I, a dog that I felt like was, but a golden you retriever. You should not approach a German Shepherd you don't know, bro. Like, those are mean-ass dogs. Agree, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, okay. All right. Because that's what I'm saying. Like People are afraid of the breed because they've been told to be afraid of the breed. I don't think that I got lucky to be around multiple of them and never have an issue. I refuse to believe that that's luck. I re- what I do believe is that I'm a responsible person that trained those dogs the right way. That's what I believe. But yes, I even as a pit bull like enthusiast, I would never approach one that I did not know and and pet and try to pet one that I didn't know. It's just but again, I wouldn't try to pet a dog that that wasn't with its owner regardless because I know how dog attacks work. And that dude a dog dude a golden retriever is going to bite you just as much as a pit bull would bite you. I don't care what dude you can I know you can find studies that skew and lie to you and work the math to be in your favor. I know you can because there's more incentive to stop the dogs from being around than there is for people to fight to be, to be able to have their animal. I agree golden retriever bite me for sure. But I don't feel like that would be like a serious threat on like my well-being where I feel like other breeds definitely I was like, no way I'm doing any dog bite is a serious threat to your well-being, though. And that's the way you got to look at it, because it can be true. And dude, a, a, a golden retriever can have rabies. It's not it's not one of those things. It's like you see like like a fluffy animal and you think it's just dude pits look mean. And I will agree that when you cut their tail and you crop their ears, which I've never done to any one of my dogs, that they look like fighting machines at that point. And I, I will admit that they get a little aggressive looking at that point. Even I, as a guy who's owned multiple four of them, I believe where, where it'd be like, uh, I don't know, but I've never done that to my animal. But I know there's studies out there that, that tell you this and tell you that. But, dude, you can work math to tell you anything you want. And what they never tell you about most studies you read on the Internet is that it's about a 1,000 people in the study. 
That's about what, that's about what it is. They never really go any further than that. And then a thousand people, dude, that's never going to tell you anything about anything. I, I think people have been made, like I said, in the seventies, can't have a Doberman. In the eighties, can't have a Rottweiler. Nineties and now, can't have a Pitbull. We're moving the breed we're afraid of every single decade. It's just, it, it's inherent fear. And I think ultimately, yes, they have, they can be violent. They can definitely be violent, but so can German shepherds. Those are the dogs that were, I believe, guarding like Hitler's towers and all that stuff because they're propensity for violence. And yet, if you walk a German shepherd down the street today, nobody's going to bat an eye at it. Nobody. And yet those dogs can kill you, can absolutely kill you. Why do you think the cops use German shepherds? Why do you think that is? Because they can be trained, they're intelligent, and they will fight their asses off. That's exactly why they use it. It's exactly why they use it. I spent my afternoon yesterday with somebody who honestly has been given a tough plight in life. And it was one of those moments where I realized, you know what? I complain a little too much. I got it pretty damn good. And I spent the afternoon with somebody who made that abundantly clear to me that I could have been born with a much harder set of circumstances. And I met a very inspiring young man yesterday um, who needs a little bit of help. I'm eventually going to get involved with his crowdsourcing campaign once it's up and running. But I met a guy yesterday, and I want to I, I fill people in on it. So we'll do that next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend, Pegs. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you never have to miss a moment of the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9 ever again. Download our free iHeartRadio app. Yeah, the company gives it to you 100% for free, and it makes it so easy to listen. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out these hailstorm tickets. We'll do that at 930-1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. So yesterday afternoon, I got asked to go meet with a young man uh, out in Maslin. A friend of mine, Kelly, now works for GV Artwork, the t-shirt company, and they're doing this line called From Within. And they're looking for inspiring local people to build t-shirts around. And she said to me, look, I'm going to vet one of these stories. This uh, young man lives in Maslin. This is kind of near you. Would you mind if I picked you up and you went with me to this? And I said, no, absolutely, I'll go. And so I met with this, uh, this young man yesterday. His name's Zion Clark. And those of you in Maslin probably know this story. And, uh, and if you don't, I don't know if paraplegic is the right word, but he was born without legs and, um, and then was adopted late in life uh, by a woman, I believe, who was, a fr- who was like the mother of one of his friends. Okay. And he is a wrestling phenom. Like he is a kick-ass wrestler. ESPN did a whole story on him, the whole thing. Like he showed me all the articles and all this stuff, and he competes also in, again, I don't know all the proper terminology, wheelchair racing. Okay. Like he does that as well. Okay. And as a matter of fact, I believe he's on his way to Canada either today or tomorrow to go race again. Okay, so obviously, uh, all things considered, still quite the athlete. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, um, I, I think if I remember correctly, and I just maybe I didn't put two and two together that this was a story from Maslin, but I think I can remember seeing something on ESPN about. Yeah, okay. I'm sure. Yeah. And um, so he, he comes to the door and opens it and it like that moment, you're like, oh, I've bitched about my life too much. Right. Like I've been like when I because I had to bend, you know, at the waist to reach down to like shake his hand, obviously. And as I was doing, I was thinking to myself, this kid's accomplished more than you ever will. He's half your age. And 
he has been given a pretty serious disadvantage to try to get over, and he's done it. And it was amazing. And so I started talking to him a little bit, and essentially here's what happened. He went to Stark State for a little while, yeah. and now he's been accepted at Otterbine, and he is. they want him to wrestle for Otterbine's team. And I guess there's something about he can't get his transcripts from Stark State because of lack of payment for something. Right. Okay. Okay. You so know they how won't they give him his transcripts because uh, okay, something wasn't paid on. Yeah, and he can't get to Otterbein unless he does it. All right. All right. And so I asked him. I said, okay, well, what am I talking about here? Like, how much money am I talking about here? And he said to me, he goes, it's about thirteen hundred. And I said to him, you mean thirteen thousand? And he was like, no, it's thirteen hundred. And I was like, okay, if that's what you're after, I'm gonna help you out with this. Like that, I think I can get behind. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I can find you thirteen hundred dollars. And I it just, dude, I talked with him. It wasn't long, about an hour. We were at his house for about an hour. And, you know, uh, he's very energetic and uh, believes passionately in what he's doing. And, uh, like, he's qualifying for Olympic times and, like, the, these wheelchair races. He's, like, a half a second away from, like, an Olympic team. Um, is it paralegic team, I, I believe? Um but he, but wrestling's his real passion. He's mm-hmm. currently doing the racing because it's in between, like you know, when he's going to start wrestling again. But he wants wrestling in college is like his ultimate goal. And I guess he's been working with Perry's coach. I found this out yesterday. I guess Perry's wrestling team is like next to like none. Apparently yeah, they're Panthers really good. Are really good. Yeah, apparently they're really good. And so he's been like working out with like one of their coaches every day, who was like, "Yeah, man, you can totally do this." And so when he told me it was thirteen hundred dollars to get his transcripts, I was like, "Yeah, man, I'll help you. I'm going to help you." It's, I guess, not funny, but like, it's definitely notable that, like, sometimes financial things that you and I can look at and be like, yeah, I mean, it's money, but like, dude, I can't, $1,300, like, you know, it's, 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 you don't want to spend it today, but if you had to, you could. Right. Where other people deal with those situations and it might as well be a million dollars. That's what he said to me. Might as well be a mountain in front of it. I said to him, I was like, you mean 13,000? He's like, no, man, I mean 1,300. And, I don't know. Maybe I had a look. He's like, but to me, he's like, it might as well be a million three. Right. And I was like, okay. And, and, and so, and he also apparently, dude, he's been coming close to these Olympic time trial times in a, in a wheelchair that's 25 years old. Jeez. He says all these newer racers are all racing on these carbon fiber chairs that right. are like half the weight and he's smoking them all. Right. So he's, he's also looking for, and so when we left, he's only looking for the 1300, but I asked him, I was like, what's the chair cost? And it's about 3,500, I think is what he told me. And so when we got in the car, my friend and I, we were pulling away, and I said, I was, I was like, just, she's the one that's going to build the GoFundMe for him. And I said, just set the thing up for $5,000. I was like, I believe we could probably find him $5,000, and that way he gets his transcripts, and maybe we get the kid a chair, and then next thing you know, he's an Olympian. Right. You know what I mean? And so I just, I was made aware yesterday, and I am, I'm, I'm a person that will bitch and kvetch about, about very little things. I sweat the small stuff. Big things, I don't care. Small stuff make me freak out. And so I, I but I, I was made aware yesterday. It's like, dude, you got a pretty damn good life. Like I was like, yeah, your life's pretty good. You should stop complaining. There's um there's so many different layers to this story and so many things that you can get into, but definitely one of the things that I, I've noticed and I've had I've talked to someone about this before. He was our uh, his his child was born 
Um, and he had some sort of a spine issue and it's, you know, I never knew like the correct terminology and he's like, dude, nobody does until it becomes your thing. You know what I mean? You sure. Try yeah. to use the he's right, right. Words, yeah. And you try to know how to like deal with how those, do I know? How, right. to, how to deal with those moments of like, you know, like you said, you walk through the door and you bend over at the waist and you feel like you're being awkward. You feel like, you know, again, we're talking about a kid, a, a guy, let's call him a guy uh, who, who was born without legs. And I saw him yesterday, Fantone, pull a stool into the kitchen and pull himself up on it, open like the the oven, and throw things into the oven. Right. And I was just like, look, like, I'm having a hard time verbalizing this, but like, look at the steps that had to go to get chicken in the oven. Right. You know what I mean? And then he like turns right around and then whips himself right up on a stool and sits at the table right next to me. And I was like, I couldn't believe how fast he could do it. It, it it goes to show you that you know obviously if I, I and I've often like you try to put yourself in other people's situations and if I were in a situation where I had to be a you know wheelchair bound essentially, I, dude, I would be the most miserable, awful person mean, on the face of the bitter. planet, just hating everyone and hating the cards that I got dealt. Now, do you think you'd be like that because it happened to you? Do you think it would be different if you were born that way? I don't. I don't. Know. I mean, how do you judge at, it? At the end of the day, I feel like if I didn't have the advantages and the opportunities that I have right now. I I would be like, dude, screw the world, f you all. I'm just gonna sit in this room, and dude, this dude is strong enough, brave enough, and like courageous should, enough to to go live his life. Bro, you should see his arms. I mean, he's huge. I mean, dude, he's a monster. I mean, he, he I mean, he's an athlete for sure. You could tell just by looking at him. But it was like one of those eye opening things. And when I thought to myself, pulling away from his house yesterday, that five thousand dollars is what's standing in this kid's way to reach his goals. Like, he, dude, he's almost an Olympian on a twenty five year old chair. He's like, he's like, I guess the dude that thing's like full on like met like steel. What? It's so heavy. And he's like, and I'm he's like, I'm still blown by all these people. And he showed me all the medals that he's already won in his life and all this stuff. And I was like, Jesus, I've done nothing. I can't <laughs> I even like- break. I can't even break eighty while playing. <laughs> golf and I got legs. I was like, dude, this is terrible. Like, I'm the worst. I feel like we got to get Zion in here sometime. I uh, so so. Here's what's gonna happen. My friend Kelly is going to build his GoFundMe page. I'm gonna be obnoxious about passing it out <laughs> and talking to you about it until we do that. And if we do that, we will bring him in right. and we will talk to him. I was gonna ask him to come in today, but like I said, he's on his way to Canada to go do some wheelchair racing. Yes. So I'll get the uh, I'll get the crowd uh, funding sourcing. You know, and all that information. We'll pass it out and we'll see if we can help uh, help Zion Clark out. Good job on all this, buddy. Well, Proud thanks, of you. Buddy. Happy to do it. There was uh, huge moves yesterday in the NBA, like huge moves. And I want to get Fantone's take. So uh, we'll take a break here. Come right back and do that next on Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. And can be heard the world round via iHeartRadio. We'll pass out those uh, hailstorm tickets. That will happen 930 on the program. 1-800-243-7625. The number you'll need on those. A huge move made in the NBA yesterday that I feel like took a lot of people by surprise. Uh, Chris Paul opting out of his uh, L.A. Clippers contract and then ends up as a Houston Rocket in the backcourt with James Harden now. And it seems like a lot of national sports media guys seem to think that that's now one of the best backcourts in the NBA. I guess it'd be kind of hard to argue. James, Certainly. Yeah, James Harden up there as a MVP candidate. Ended up going to Russell Westbrook, and when you average a triple-double for the regular season, you probably deserve the MVP award there. And uh, But, you know, Harden was on the list, and he's, you know, he's pretty damn good there. And Chris Paul, who I'm told 
is one of the best point guards in the NBA. Uh, yeah, if you join those two forces, th- that should end up pretty well. I hear that there may be some issues of uh, of who's handling the basketball and when and how and whatever. But I mean, it should probably take you about a half a year to get figured out. But that's always the gripe. As soon as like two elite players get together, they they said the same thing about LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. They said the same thing about Golden State. You know what I mean? Like it's just constantly whenever you start to put elite talent together, the first line of defense against like well, who's going to dribble? There's only one basketball. <laughs> There's right. only one basketball. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's a fact. Everybody knew that when yeah. they signed on. <laughs> like, I, yeah, that's, I was that's a little true. surprised. Now, you, I, I hear, um, you know, underneath the surface that, you know, Chris was really, Chris Paul was really upset with the Lakers, uh, I'm sorry, with the Clippers organization. Uh, Doc Rivers is the coach. Doc Rivers traded for his son to come be on the team. And I hear the son got special treatment. And and Chris was really unhappy about it. That whole situation with the Rivers. I mean, because he played for him in Boston too. What are you and doing, like, putting your kid on your squad? Yeah, I, I mean, I understand when you know you're the the the, the seventh grade basketball coach. Even and then, it causes off. problems, right? But like, dude, as a professional, that it's that's a bad not, look. It is. It's a bad look. It, I don't want to say like it shouldn't be allowed because it's a conflict of interest. But if I were an owner, if I were a general, I manager, wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want that. I issue. wouldn't want it. I would never want to give the media a piece of information like that that can drive home your coach is showing special treatment to play. I would never want to do that. Even like I've seen like professional coaches like hire their sons to like coach, but only yeah. after they've coached somewhere else. Right, and they've established themselves. Yeah, and right. say, yeah, look, well, he can stand on his own. Somebody else is going to want him. That's why I'm going to hire my own kid. I think if you're a head coach in the NBA, having your son on the roster is probably a bad idea. I, I would agree 100% there. I think this definitely puts an end to any rumors of LeBron to the Clippers, which is you know a good thing. I he mean, has said, I guess, in the past, like he would never be a Clipper. So. And, 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 and I guess that's one team out of the out of the 28 that we have to worry about there. But you know, People were saying, Maybe it's Houston now. Maybe he's going to Houston. Well, I mean, certainly, maybe it's a possibility. I mean, it, I mean, you got a pretty good core down there now. Uh, you can't, you know, I, you've said it before, and I have to agree with you. Is you can't write anything off. Um, but no, that's all I may think. I think he probably stays, but you got to leave the door open. End of the day, I feel like. <laughs> I'm glad teams are making these big swings, dude. I'm glad teams are deciding, like, you know what, F it, all chips on the table. We're gonna we're going to put we're going you balls have out. To. We're going balls out. The NBA's changed. You for, have to for a superstar, for multiple superstars, and that's the way to do it. And like I agree. I, I know there's gonna be people who think that, well, the team that drafted you is the team that should have rights to you for the rest of forever. And dude, it, it's not that world. Sports we live have in. changed. Yeah. I mean, they not. have changed. And I, I think that's kind of a BS argument, and it'll go back to like, oh, well, it's, they're playing a game. They should have to play wherever they're told but like why should you have no why should you have no say in where you work i want to be able to move all right i want to be able to move around i want to stay at rock 1069 in canton for the next 25 years of my career i've told this company that i told them i was like bring me a 10-year deal i'll sign it right now i've told them that all right but if the if something happens in my career i would like the ability to move and so do you as you're driving into work right now you want to be able to go where you want and so we are so hypocritical. Like we always want our celebrities to live this life that we never would because we feel like we gave this to you. It's us giving without you us right. watching. You don't. You're not a millionaire. So do what I want, Ex- millionaire. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And it's honestly, it's a little sad. It's a little sad. I I like what's happening in the NBA right now. I um in the sense that it gives me stuff to talk about for sure. I love that. And I think the NBA is in a unique spot right here. I think there's a chance you may, when you say to people, there's a chance that a sport could be bigger than the NFL, people would immediately laugh you off. But if you think about it, 
long form. I'm not sure it'll ever be more popular than the NFL, but the NBA right now is at a perfect place where they can strike a huge blow against the NFL. And here's what I'm talking about. The NBA is kind of filled with stars now. And when Tom Brady leaves the NFL, who's the next quarterback? Who's the next stud quarterback? Who's the next face? Who, like, I mean, People can talk to me about Derek Carr for the Oakland Raiders all you want. Okay, so let's look at Derek Carr. Let's say Derek Carr is going to be the saving grace of the quarterbacks of the NFL. Let's say Derek Carr's career ends up at like Ben Roethlisberger level, right? That's not bad. Two titles, bunch of times in the playoffs, a Hall of Famer for sure. That's a pretty good career. Any NFL guy would take that career, right? That's not saving the league. Like, no. Tom Brady moves the needle. I'm not sure Derek Carr is going to move the needle. Yeah, I mean, as as face of the league goes, I mean, I don't think there's anybody in the NFL who's stepping into that role right now. And I, Brady's going to be gone, what, three years? Most? So, like, what are we doing? So, if you're the NBA, you got to be licking your chops right now. Like, we got all of our stars going to multiple teams and, like, building these the superpowers. And so, yeah, the regular season kind of sucks, but our playoffs are exciting. And, and and I think they're throwing all their chips in the middle on the postseason. And I think if you're if you're the NBA and you're the marketing team, you got to be like, dude, Tom Brady's about to retire. We got LeBron, we got James Harden, we got Chris Paul, we got all these stars. And baseball just sitting on the other side of the fence, like, hey, pay attention to us, we're over here. <laughs> they might as well just move that sport to Puerto Rico. <laughs> just like you know, take it. Everybody go play there. Nobody. I'm just kidding. I know Indians fans are going to come out of the woodwork hating on me. Uh, there was a little bit of violence in Akron, Ohio yesterday, and there were rumors about the hospital being on lockdown and all that. We'll wade through all of that together. That will happen next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studes with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Stick around 930. We'll pass out those hailstorm tickets. They're playing Goodyear Theater in Akron on October the 3rd. We'll pass those out. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will need for those. Turns out Akron had a little bit of a violent evening. As police are investigating a couple of shootings here, uh, one of which happened overnight outside of a gas station. Two people were shot and taken to an area hospital for treatment. According to the cops, the shooting was reported just before 3 a.m. at the 7-Eleven gas station near Merriman Road in North Portage Path. Police say two people were shot and made it to the hospital on their own. The victim's conditions is not immediately known right now. Akron police are still investigating the circumstances leading up to the shooting. And there was another shooting that happened in Akron where police say now one person has died following the shooting of four people at a home in Akron Wednesday night. This one happened just after 9.30 p.m. last evening at uh, Sumner Street. One of the victims from the shooting was taken to Akron City Hospital. Police confirmed early Thursday that the person died as a result of the shooting. A 17-year-old was taken to Akron Children's Hospital. His condition still not known. Two other victims were able to take themselves to Akron General Hospital. Police told Fox 8 that one of those victims was in critical condition, though. And uh, they're not releasing any information on the suspect as of yet, or at least from uh, the last time I saw this story got updated from Fox 8 is where I grabbed that. And we had heard some rumors about the, 
what was it, Akron Hospital was placed on lockdown, but then Fantone was like doing some searching during one of the breaks here, and what a, a spokesperson for the hospital claims that that was not true, right? Yeah, to one of the news organizations, I think it was Fox 8, somebody initially on the phone said like the hospital's in lockdown, has been in lockdown for the past hour or whatever, and then a spokesperson then called Fox 8 back. From the hospital. From the hospital okay. and said no is the official spokesperson, that is not what happened. And I mean, I guess I can understand that, you know, you've got a lot of things going on there in a shooting situation yeah. when, you, when, you're, when you're dealing with that. And uh, if you talk to like, I don't want to say like a nurse or an orderly, because I don't know who they talk to on the phone, but I can understand how with a lot of different things going on, somebody had misinformation oh, it's there. right? Yeah, it's panic. Like when I woke. All right. So I got up around a quarter to four this morning and. One of the first things I do now, like I would imagine, like most of us, is let's reach for my phone and find out what's happening in the world, especially with the job I got. You know what I mean? So it's right. like, all right, well, let me kind of like peer through this. I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, nobody ever thinks about it. Like, hey, the first hour of your day we're working. But like, as soon as I wake up, it's as like as soon as my eyes are gotta, open, I'm like, look at, you know, what happened? Last yeah, panic night. sets in. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to put this show together. Right. Even though it's put together the night before, but things happen overnight, obviously like this. And when I saw. And again, Twitter, even though I bag on it, it is like one of the first places I go now to see like what people are passing around. And the tweet I saw was four shot hospital on lockdown. That was like the headline of the tweet. And then there was a link to the story inside the tweet. But if you were to just read the tweet, I took that to mean the shooting happened at the hospital. I figured a, sh- a guy walked into the hospital with a gun and started. Sh- and the, that's what I thought happened. And I mean, obviously you did this, but that's why it's so important that you like you got to read. Read if you're going to read something and react to it, make sure you read, read it. it. Like there's there's plenty of times where I, I don't want to blame whatever news organization that was, but they knew that that was what would be perceived, and the people would automatically be like, "Oh my gosh," you know, and have that panic moment. So you just uh, do your research, people. Yeah, I would um, I would urge people to do that. Because it's, you know, passing out misinformation doesn't help anyone. And I don't know why we feel like it makes us feel better to just hit send, but it does. I, uh, but I was happy to hear that the hospital wasn't on lockdown. Because when I thought that's what happened, I mean, not that I want to see anybody get shot, but I thought, like when I said, when I read the tweet, it was like, oh my God, a gunman walked into the hospital, started licking off shots. I was like, oh my God. You know what I mean? And so like when you read, you find out it's not that, but yeah, man, I mean, the violence, now we know this, I mean, summer kind of does this. You know what I mean? Like it starts to get a little hotter. You know, every good cop will tell you that crime kind of ticks up in, in summertime. I'm a, I'm, I mean, a 17 year old though, a rush to the hospital. I wonder what the hell is happening. There. Well, I mean, you know, you go to the, you go to the normal assumptions that you're going to make about a crime like this. That there was, you know, obvious drug deal gone bad. Right, or, and I mean, that's where you automatically go with any sort of of violence nowadays. Is like when you face when when your when your state is leading the nation in overdose and overdose deaths, and like, well, then you can't. It's not too much of a stretch to assume that violent crime is, is right around the, the corner. Up, is on the uprise. Yeah, there. it's going to be. Right around the corner there a woman in britain feels as if she has found the perfect solution for unsolicited d-pics and ladies if you're sick of d-pics i think she might have nailed the best way to stop d-pics from coming to your phone we'll tell you her solution next on rock 106.9 please relax this will be painless the stansbury show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for the CSE Federal Credit Union. I've been using CSE 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 
9.30, we'll pass out a pair of Hailstorm tickets. They're playing October 3rd, Goodyear Theater in Akron. If you haven't been there to see a show yet, that venue's pretty damn awesome. So on October 3rd, we'll send you to see Hailstorm. 9.30, we'll pass out those tickets. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need. As we get ready for a holiday weekend, yeah. uh, uh, what a lot of people are going to do is drink. They're going to day drink. They're going to night drink. They're just going to be drinking, right? Yeah, it's going to be nice, too, dude. We got four days off. Like That's plenty of drinking. Yeah, it's good times. You could, you could day drink and night drink. What happens when people drink sometimes is that you end up pulling the phone out of your pocket and you send text messages you wish you didn't. Happens to all of us. And women complain a lot, and I would have to admit that if I was a woman, I would probably complain about this too. About unsolicited D-picks. And I, for the life of me, can't figure out why a guy would do this. I have obviously sent D-picks out in my life. I'm never going to say that I have not done it, but they were requested. And it's not something I do anymore. Like, I've kind of like cut that out. was like, yeah, that's probably not the best activity for me to be taking part of. Um, but it was somebody on the other side of the country, and you start, you know, t- t- texting each other and like, I miss you, I miss you too. Well, what about your boobs? And how about show me this? And like, you know, next thing it happens. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of people ha- have done this, but you know, there's a, a huge and fundamental difference between doing it when you're involved with like sexting somebody versus just like, hey, you just gave me your phone number, right? And I'm gonna send you a DP. Even if you're sexting, if she hasn't asked you for it, like, dude, a woman will ask you. Right. So even if you're like talking about the dirty things you're going to do with one another, I would not just forcefully send like, here's a D pick. Um, uh, I wouldn't go on the offensive. If, I wouldn't. If you've if I mean, you know, if, if if this is somebody that you, you know, you've obviously been with in the past and you have a relationship with each other and whether you're with them or not, you know, but if you have like some sort of a history with each other and you've already crossed that bridge into like, hey, we're talking sexually, we're we're texting pictures to each other. I feel like that once again, different than just like, boom. Here's a penis. So women complain about unsolicited D-picks. And I would too. Because if you're not asking for it, why would you want it? And also, I just don't think... I mean, dude, this was made famous on a Seinfeld episode that a woman's body's like a, you know, like a piece of art where a man's body's like a Jeep. It's for getting around. Well, do you get upset if a chick just sends you a picture? No, but men are, I think, are more visual sexually than women are. I think women are more attached emotionally to sex where men are much more visual. That's why women always talk about the the unfair standards in, in the world about they need to look good and we don't. It's because men are more visual and women aren't. And I think that's why women don't enjoy D-picks as much as we like boob picks. It's because they're not as visually stimulated as we are. And a woman over in Britain has what she claims is the best way to end D-picks. And I think she may have nailed it. And what she's been doing now is she's like one of these Instagram like famous models. And I don't know why, because she's not all that good looking. But like she's like one of these like women that's like kind of famous on Instagram now. And so dudes are just constantly sending her D pics. And what she's doing now is tracking them down online, looking through their friends on their profiles finding their mothers and sending their D pics to their mothers with the, like, like here's what your son just did. And I think it's brilliant. I think that's really smart. Ultimately at the end of the day, that will stop a guy from sending you D pics. Absolutely. It would. Yeah. I mean, humiliating somebody like that, especially with something sexual on their, in their family. And I like it cause she's not doing it publicly um, to humiliate somebody publicly. I'm not sure is right. Uh, but you are sending an unsolicited penis picture to another woman. 
aren't you just making? You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I feel like that's kind of like, I, it, it's it's kind of self defeating. There, you're like, oh, I want unsolicited D pics to stop, so I'm going to send out some unsolicited D pics. Now, if you sent a message to this guy's mom and said, hey, you know, your son, this is completely inappropriate to his mother, to his wife, to something like that. Okay, I can understand that, and I I would support that. But if you're just going to essentially keep the cycle of D pics going, well, she's explaining what she's doing, though. Well, still, you're sent. I mean, you're still sending a picture of something sexually graphic to a woman who didn't ask for it. I think her point, though, is is look at the idiot you raised. I think that's her point, and I think it's a good point. And I think honestly, that would absolutely do it. If my mother called me this afternoon and said I was tracked down by so and so online, and she sent me this picture of you because apparently you don't know your sexual boundaries and that you shouldn't be doing this, that would absolutely make me stop doing that. And if you're one of these women who's kind of famous online, dude, dudes are creepy. We always talk about this on the program. Dudes don't get, guys get in the way of having the sex that they want by opening their mouths and being effing creepy. And this is creepy. It's totally creepy. And it would end it for sure. That would make me stop that activity for sure. Why do you feel like it's different if it was public versus versus like his mom? Because I don't necessarily know that I need to shame you in front of everyone. But I feel like a private message to your mom is going to make you stop doing it. It is. It would totally I mean, I can't deny and say that it's a bad idea when it would make me stop that behavior. If you did it in front of everyone, it would make you stop the behavior too, right? Yeah, but I don't necessarily know that what he did is... Like, I actually... This is what I like about it, is the fact that she's not looking to mock you in front of everybody and go, if you're going to send a D-pick, make sure your D's bigger than this. It's like she's not looking to do any of that. She just wants her inbox cleared out, and I'm all for it. I think she's making a really smart, tempered decision here. Interesting line there. I I, I disagree with it, but I I, I guess, you know, I mean... To me, it feels like if you're putting it out there in a public forum, it's different in a better way than like sending it. I feel like sending it to his mom is. Well, there's also now you're posting nudity in a very public forum, and I would I'd be worried about that. And she maybe doesn't want to get kicked off of her social networking sites for doing that. And a lot of times, like Facebook and Instagram, they'll put you in what? Like face. I hear people bitch about Facebook deactivated my profile for two weeks, which, by the way, if you're getting kicked off of Facebook as an adult, there's something wrong with you. There's something really wrong with you. If you're in Facebook jail as an adult, you're making bad decisions. But I'm all for this, and it would absolutely make me stop doing this. And I think, honestly, the threat of it would is going to be enough to make some guys go, you know what, maybe I shouldn't do this. Appropriate to send it to his mother. Appropriate to send it to his wife. Yeah. Appropriate to send it to his adult daughter. <sighs> adult daughter does change it. 22 years old. Chick's 22. Dad's 45. He's sending you D pics. I mean, it's not a kid. It's not a minor. It's not. I mean, is it a nice thing to do? No. Is it inappropriate to do it? I'm going to say no. I, I know what somebody in their car is thinking right now. Two wrongs don't make a right. I know that's what you're thinking right now. But I think, and I know that's what guys are thinking right now because you're worried about this happening to you. But ultimately, I just think, I don't think people understand how unnerving that could be to like open your inbox and then just there's just penises rolled out right and that's what that's the point i'm trying to make is like well then why are we doing this to this guy's mother why are we doing to this guy's wife why are we doing this to this to this guy's daughter because i'm not sure writing a stern letter to the mother is going to get the point across 
I think if you do this, now your mom's up on her hill about it. She's calling you and like and she's embarrassed. And I think it's okay to do that privately versus publicly. Again, she doesn't want to be admonished from Facebook, from Instagram, from Twitter for like publicly doing this. And I think if you publicly do it, you could probably find yourself in a courtroom under, you know, some, you know, breach of some law. Now, wouldn't that apply though if somebody sent you a picture? If a woman sent you a picture and you showed your friends, you are essentially a that point you know which i've always said don't do that distributing so but like if i sent this woman this picture and then she starts distributing amongst my family or friends isn't she breaking that same law i don't know is she i i don't know i don't know but if but if you're a woman and you're sick of doing this that would end it for sure. I think this is actually a very smart, very tempered, reasonable thing to do to stop creepy dudes who don't get enough sex. And dude, sending pictures of your D isn't going to do it. Isn't going to do it. Try not talking to them about sex within the first three minutes of the conversation. You'll be surprised how much more they end up going home with you at the end of the night. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang Canton's on. Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show and Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. And it can be heard the world round via iHeartRadio. 930 is when... I'm sorry? 930 is when we pass out those hailstorm tickets. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. I've been in a pretty decent mood all morning because I uh, I actually remembered the carafe for my for my coffee machine. So, too, I'm drinking decent coffee uh, for the first time maybe ever since the show has started, and I'm very excited about it. I just, dude, I like my Folgers, man. I like it. Well, there you go. I'm I like glad you're feeling it. better. Get a little sip of that right now. So another story that I saw all over the internet this morning when I woke up, and actually, you know, yesterday a little bit too, that has got people all pissed off, and I, for the life of me, can't figure it out. And I am suspicious that some of this is just that people want to bitch. Like, you just want to complain. Yeah. Because it makes you feel better. Uh And I know that's true because I used to be this person. And still suffer from it from time to time. As a matter of fact, Fantone will tell you, I came through the door this morning, piss and vinegar, fired say, up. I was going to say, I thought the Folgers had you good. And no, I was <laughs> fired up. What's well, because I hadn't had the coffee yet. Okay. I was, uh, I was fired up this morning about some things that I'm unhappy about around us. And uh, and it's been building for a while, and I feel like there's a big blowout coming soon. Oh yeah, dude, it's it's we're circling the drain of yeah. it. I'm glad we're going into a four day weekend soon, just so we can have a little decompression time. But no, because uh, I'm mad, and yeah. I and and it's going to come to a head. Yeah, it's it going to come to a huge, huge head. There's a huge <laughs> argument coming. Stansberry keeps serenity nowing things. Serenity now, serenity now, That's dude. What I'm doing. And you are going to Lloyd Braun hit and just destroy computers really, really soon. Very soon, and then I'm going <laughs> to have my hands around a fat chubby neck. No, I, I probably won't choke him out. Serenity now! But we are going to get into a screaming match, and that's going to happen sometime very, very soon. Okay. But I saw this, and, and I don't know why people are all upset about it. I, for the life of me, can't figure it out. And this is Dan Gilbert was at the White House yesterday. Apparently, the Cubs went to a second White House visit after they won the World Series. I'm not sure why they had done that. Kind I don't know strange. why. I don't know why you go for round two. I, I believe that when the president asks the team that won the championship or the person that won this or whatever to go, that you go. I've said that a million times. I don't care who the athlete is. You go. Was was it under President Obama? I'm but trying- they, they already went because Obama was from Chicago. I believe that the Cubs went and okay. saw him before he got out, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, that's what I thought, too. Maybe this was a... 
what do I want to say here? A a kind of trying to bridge the gap there of like, all right, it wasn't just because Obama was in the office and that's why we wanted to, you know, we respect you too, President Trump. And okay, I, I mean, I, I understand that. I don't know necessarily. To me, it seems like almost a waste of the White House's time. Like, no, dude, you already have been here. We don't need you here gump, gunking up the system again. We have work to do. Yeah, I, I, I think it might be. People will stop talking about health care if the Cubs are here. I think that might have been a okay. little bit of that. Okay. I think it might have been a little bit okay. of that. I don't know that to be true. But what had happened was is that Cavs owner, Dan Gilbert, happened to be at the White House, I would imagine, for other meetings. Right? Um, as the guy owns a mortgage company, I would imagine, yeah, the, the, you know, every now and again, people are going to ask his opinion on things, and he's going to want to fight for rules and things to make his business easier. Yeah, it was reported yesterday that he was there on other business, not necessarily for the Cubs or even necessarily to meet with the president. That wasn't the original intention of that trip. No, you're, I mean, dude, Dan Gilbert's a billion. I mean, he's got a ton of money. Those guys can get the audience of powerful people in the White House and, and I, need it sometimes. Well, and obviously, I mean, Home ownership is a pretty big deal in America, so yeah, you're going to want to talk to the heads of mortgage companies, and 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 yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I had no problem with him being there. That's what that's what people are supposed to. That's what rich, powerful people are supposed to do. I guess you know, part of this is sometimes it's easy, not easy to forget, but like. The fact that he's associated with Quicken Loans, it to me sometimes it's like, no, you're just the Cavaliers owner, dude. That's what I look at you as. I don't give a damn about the Quicken Loans. I don't give a damn about mortgages. I just look at you as the Cavaliers. Yeah, but owner. Quicken Loans is a huge umbrella. As a matter of fact, the PGA Tour this week, it's the Quicken Loans tournament this week. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. for the nation, Dan Gilbert's something else. You're right. For us Cavs fans, he's one thing. And he ended up, I guess, walking by the room of where the Cubs were, and he got invited in, so we walked in. And now Cavs fans are furious. And I can't for the life of me figure out why. Oh, yeah, I can. It's because the Cavs didn't win a championship, your butt hurt, and now everybody sucks, right? Because what's the other reason to be mad about this? Um, I can't figure it out. I, Maybe I'm missing something. Just just association with Trump, I think, is the reason why people are upset about this. If this would have been Obama and he would have walked in, I think another side of the coin or another side of the country would have been upset. But I think Trump's polarizing enough where it, 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 just association okay. to the name gets that, some people worked up. I believe there were probably some people who were upset about that. And I totally, un- I, not that I understand, but, but I knew that would happen. It seemed to me like the, but again, these are the people I follow. They were all Cleveland sports fans. And so they were upset about the fact that he'd be willing to stand next to the Cubs because the Cubs beat the Indians. Well, like a little nah. bit of that, and that's super petty. Of course it is, but that's probably a part of the I reason I can't go why. for that. I can't go for that. And, and, and all right, so we work in a radio building, right? We're not the only radio station in this building. There's multiple stations. And so, like, let's say KDD, our sister station, top 40 type station, right? 98.1. They have artists come in and play. So if I walk by that room... I don't work for KDD. And somebody says, hey, man, you want to check this out? I'm going to check it out. And if you're Dan Gilbert, you're walking by the room, somebody says, hey, man, you want to stop in and say hello? There's professional athletes. He's not going to do it. I, I, I agree with you. I just think I don't that get it. there's, there's you know, uh, what do I want to say? The fandom of, of, of Cleveland sports fans, for some of them, that was a bridge too far of like, well, you shouldn't. That's an insult to all Cleveland sports. Do I agree with that? No, but I definitely think there's people out there that think that. Um, I think another reason for a part of the frustration, and once again, I think this is short-sighted and people that don't necessarily see the big picture, is like, dude, the Cavs front office is is being lapped right now by other NBA franchises. And you, the fact 
fact that you don't even have an answer from Chauncey Billups yet, let alone you don't even have a a plan B to that, that's like, well, dude, you're sitting here, you know, sitting on your hands, not taking care of your responsibilities as the Cavs owner, and you're out there, you know, rubbing elbows with the Chicago Cubs. I think people got to remember that the Cavaliers are a portion of Dan Gilbert's business. They're not his sole business. I think, it's a portion of I it. think people, Northeast Ohio sports fans, are going to have a hard time separating them. I get that, but that's them being it's, right short-sighted. short-sighted. Right. I agree. Uh, apparently, uh, the Cubs were playing in D.C. yesterday. Thanks for sending that in, that information in. And so Trump just kind of asked them to swing by. And again, that is about getting people to shut up about health care. That's exactly why he asked them to, to stop by. And I get it. That's totally the game I would have played, too, if I was president. I would have totally done that. But, like, I don't understand being mad at Dan. Plus, you don't get to be mad at Dan Gilbert because Chauncey Billups won't say, won't say yes. You know why Chauncey Billups won't say yes? I'll tell you why. I don't care what anybody else tells you. Here's why Chauncey Billups won't say yes. Because LeBron won't come out and say, I'm a Cavalier until I retire. If he would, Chauncey Billups would sign on the dotted line. Nobody wants that GM job if LeBron's leaving next year. You want to blame somebody for Chauncey Billups? Blame LeBron James. I'm going to disagree with that. Um... If anything, it's an easy out if LeBron leaves for Chauncey Billups, dude. You sign a five-year contract, you get fired. You know, you have your shot with LeBron year one. LeBron leaves, and then you get fired in the middle of year two, and you still get paid? Unfairly, the story will be Chauncey Billups' bad GM couldn't win with LeBron. Unfairly, that would be part of the story. Still making an extra $50 million, you know what I mean? I hear all that. But I'm telling you, I think these guys who are rich care about some other things outside of money, too. At least intelligent guys would. And I think I maybe I'm wrong, but I think if LeBron came out and said today, I'm a Cavalier no matter what, Chauncey Billups signs on the dotted line. That's not a Dan Gilbert issue. That's a LeBron James issue. As a guy who's constantly being accused of being a LeBron homer, let me tell you, dude, LeBron's high maintenance. He's a pain in the dick. Pain in the, you know what I mean? He is. He's, he's a pain. This is part of why. Now, does he deserve to be because he's the greatest? Yes. When you have special talent, you get special treatment. But Chauncey would sign on the bot. He would sign on the dotted line if he knew he was getting LeBron, right? What would be another reason not to take that gig? I think it's funny how getting back to Dan Gilbert and Trump here is like, do you really think that Dan Gilbert being at his desk? Is going to increase Get it done? the odds. You know what I mean? What? Like, he, like he doesn't have a cell phone. You're right. So, so you're right. <laughs> Ownership in the NBA is the one job that hasn't gone twenty four seven digital. Yeah, like, like, like. No, you have to be there at the desk at the office. I Guys, guess with technology, I could do this show from my bed now. Like, you don't have to be chained to your desk in your office anymore, right? And like I said, the Cavs are a portion of his business, and I would guess not even a huge one. My guess is that, I mean, do the, I mean, he had the money to buy the Cavs somehow, and it's because his other businesses were powerful. So, of course, he was going to be at the White I have no issue with this. He was walking by it. Somebody asked him if he wanted to go in, and sure, you're going to go in. What's he going to do? No. CavsNation.com is going to be pissed at me if I do? Like, I just... You just want to be pissy because they didn't win the championship. Had they won the championship and Dan Gilbert was there hanging out with the Cubs yesterday, you would have went, ah, I don't care. That's exactly what you would have done. But you're so entitled and you feel like you deserve everything that they didn't win you a title, so now everything Dan Gilbert does is bad. It's ridiculous. You just want to be mad about things. A YouTube star, I can't even believe I had to say that sentence, but a YouTube star, going to spend some time behind bars. We'll tell you how she got there next on the Stansbury Show. Oh, six, nine. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show.
Cosby Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com, and we're about an hour away now from getting you hooked up with those Hailstorm tickets as they're going to play the Goodyear Theater in Akron on October the 3rd. We'll make sure we get you in the building. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. Before we get into this next topic of conversation, I want to make it abundantly clear that I believe that the American public should be able to own a firearm. You should okay. be able to have. I, I, I want people to understand what my stance is. I believe that you should be able to own a gun, right? I believe in that. All right. All right. I do too. Yeah, and I think that's interesting for you because I bet a lot of people who just kind of like drive by, listen to the radio, would think that you're probably very anti-gun, and you're really not anti. Mm-mm. You have your concerns the way any other logical, reasonable person would. I mean. <laughs> Holy, but, oh, holy crap here. There's somebody who's like, you know, what do I want to say? Reasonable? Yeah. Oh, my God. Look out now. No, you can't be that, dude. You got to be all one thing and none right. of the other thing. Right. But no, we're both a little level-headed. Yeah. You know, even things that we're hesitant about, we're like, all right, well, just because I'm a hesitant doesn't mean no. Right. Like, you can have a conversation, present new evidence, and change your mind about something. <laughs> Look out now. Look out now. Visionary, those two are. Okay. All right? All right. But I am, I am pro-gun. Okay? Yeah. Now, that wasn't always true. You can find tapes of me from a previous radio show screaming my head off about how we need to take guns away from everybody. I've been turned around on it, okay? And again, presented with new information, your your mood changes, your attitude towards things changes, you're shown a different side and go, okay, I didn't think about it like that. Let me let me change my position. It's not flip-flopping. It's reacting to new information. Even if you're going to look at it from a 100% perfect world situation, which obviously we're never going to live in, nope. you could take away all guns. And I mean all guns from everybody. We wake up tomorrow morning and all guns are gone, I still wouldn't necessarily want that. That's not where I would want gun rights to be because I feel like there's plenty of reasons why you would have a gun outside of just committing crimes and things like that. I I, I don't want to live in that world where it's like, no, none. Right. The truth lies in the middle in most things, and I would think that this is probably true too. Yeah. So the reason why I bring this up is that a 19-year-old is going to be sent to jail over shooting somebody with a gun, and she should. She okay. should absolutely go to jail for this. She's a 19-year-old, and she was trying to get famous on YouTube. Her and her boyfriend were trying to get famous on YouTube. And this was Minnesota, I believe, is where this happened. And Mona Lisa Perez. Jeez, dude, Mona Lisa. <laughs> yeah, Mona Lisa Perez of Minnesota was arrested after she shot her boyfriend, Pedro Ruiz, in the chest. Okay. They what they were trying to do, they had like an aspiring YouTube channel and they were trying to get like YouTube famous. All right. And so she tweeted out, me and Pedro are probably going to shoot one of the most dangerous videos ever. His idea, not mine. That was tweeted out on the 26th of this month at 5 p.m. This was three days ago. 5 p.m. Okay, so what they did is they set up a GoPro camera on the back of a car and they put another camera on a ladder. All right. And once the camera started to roll, Mona Lisa Perez picked up a gold 50 caliber Desert Eagle handgun. Now, even people who aren't gun savvy, and I would have to have my hand raised right now as I'm don't I'm not savvy. I know a little, but I'm not gun savvy, have heard the name Desert Eagle. And even if you don't, you know that Nine, you know that 50 cal sounds dangerous, right? 
Well, at the end of the day, regardless of brand, regardless of caliber, regardless of any of that, we're talking about a goddamn gun here, people. Yes, dangerous. No matter where you stand on the gun debate, we can all agree that there is danger. If not handled properly, there's da- there, there's what? inherent danger in there if not yes. handled properly. 100%. Yes, right? But a fifty cal is very strong, right? Like, they say that you can shoot a man with a 9 millimeter, and he might still be able to run at you. You shoot him with a 45, you're putting him down on the ground. You shoot him with a 50 cal, he's dying. Like, that's always been what I've been told. Now, I don't know if that was told to me by somebody that knows what they're talking about or not, but I know 50 cals, first of all, I've held one, they're heavy as hell. And they have a ton of kick. All right? So what they did was, he held a book in front of his chest. A book. All right. Which, apparently, these two should have read instead of trying to become YouTube famous. And she stood a foot away from him, shot the book, surprise, the 50 cal bullet goes right through the book, into his chest, pronounced dead at the scene. They thought the book was going to stop it? Yes. Jesus. Idiot. Come on. Idiot. I don't know if from a foot away whether or not a book would have stopped a 22, let alone a 50 cal Desert Eagle. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't bet on it. I mean, like, it'd be one thing if you're like, all right, hey, let's see, let's see which gun tears through this book, and depending on how thick the book is, obviously there's going to be some difference. I'm not standing on the other side of that book. No, don't you just put it on a stand or something and like, does it work or not? Apparently, these two have been making YouTube videos since May for a channel they titled La Mona Lisa, which would be the Mona Lisa. There, the couple called Uh. it a vlog. Right, in which they performed videos that are described as stunts, challenges, pranks, and fails. And so she said to him, Imagine when we have 300,000 subscribers. Ruiz uh, responds as the pair walk together in the video doing scary stunts at the far part. One, he is equally excited about doing this. And she said, I, I told them, uh, The bigger we get, I'll be throwing parties. Or apparently he had said that to her. But she stood a foot away from him when he put a book in front of him and she shot it. Like, if you don't know that firing a gun at somebody from a foot away that this can happen, honestly, jail is where you should go. Because honestly, you're too stupid to live in society. You made this decision, whether you knew the consequences or not, you made this decision to shoot a gun at somebody. You knew what was on the other end of that. There's no doubt that this woman should, should be in never jail. point a gun at somebody unless that is your intention is to put them down. If 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 these people really thought that like and I guess it's notoriety is what they were looking for here is like some yeah. sort of because you're not going to get rich being a YouTube star. Very rarely unless there's another force that becomes in like you you sell a sponsorship or, or something Or Comedy like Central that. pulls you out. Right. right but they're not going Comedy Central's not coming after you for firing weapons on YouTube. No. No 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 dude. That's a terrible 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 decision. She's facing up to 10 years in prison and or a fine of uh, of $20,000 and I think she should That's get every eight. bit of it. That's it. I mean, I, obviously, this isn't with all the evidence and all the circumstance that goes into this. Maybe this isn't like murder one, but like ten years. It's going to be manslaughter or something like yeah, that. Right? I don't dude, know how that stuff go to works. Jail for longer than that. I just the thirst for fame wow. is insanity. And again, I guess maybe sometimes I'm a little guilty of forgetting that people are. I mean, she's 19. All right, so let's be honest. You're not real bright at 19. 
All right, even though you're in college. Old enough to, <laughs> old, old, you know, old enough to own a gun. Old enough to hold a gun. Yeah, so that, that's point there. And it's not like, I mean, obviously these people went through some sort of, I mean, well, I guess we don't know if this person had, or if this guy had a CCW or what the case is of how he got to own this gun. So I was going to say, obviously, I don't know some that training, yet. but maybe not. But maybe not there. And let's, yeah, I mean, you could buy a Desert Eagle on the street, I'm sure, if you really wanted to do it that way. I just, it, the thirst to be famous is is like it's really causing people to do really I think things that maybe they wouldn't normally do it and I knock it all the time and sometimes I think maybe I'm a little guilty of forgetting that I get this every day a little bit that I get to get I I have a little notoriety and I hate saying that about myself but I do right we always say fans I always say we're not famous but we're definitely recognizable like if we walk around through can people are like oh man aren't you that guy yeah I'm that guy Right. But so like maybe that's why I feel like, why would you do this? Because I get so much of it. But I'm just really I mean, I know I sound like I'm 200 years old now, but I'm so happy YouTube and all this stuff wasn't like popular when I was 18 because I made a ton of bad decisions at 18. Now, I will say this. I was smarter than shooting one of my friends in the chest. All right. But one one time my, my dad was a hunter and he did have a shotgun. And one time my parents weren't home. And we were like pre-teens, me and my buddy Jeff, and we ended up taking my dad's shotgun out of the closet. And we went down to the basement, and I remember we had like pumped it, but we weren't sure if it was loaded or not. We didn't know anything about guns. We were dumb. And we were, I was like, well, what do we do now? And uh, finally, my buddy just pointed it at the wall. I was like, well, I guess we'll see what happens here. And luckily, it wasn't loaded because my father was responsible. You know, the shells were in another area and that whole thing. But that could have ended really poorly. And after he found out, sure enough, I got... Yeah, a lot of punishment, and he ended up buying a gun locker and the whole thing, and like my mom freaked out, as she should have, being a responsible parent there and all that. But like, if you don't know that shooting somebody from a foot away can end with them being dead and you were doing it for fame, I'm sorry, I'm with Fantone here. I think 20 years is how you should be locked up. Throw her away, throw, lock her up, and throw away the key. If you live in Maslin, Tigertown, I got good news for you. There's something coming to Maslin that I'm very excited about. I'll pass that on to you next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here. And with summer on our doorstep, you know what you need? A new car. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online, WRQQ.com. We have Hailstorm tickets. We'll pass those out at 930. They're going to play the Goodyear Theater in Akron in October. We'll get you in here shortly. I have good news for Maslin. All right. Tiger Town probably needs no, some good yeah, news. Yeah, I know. I have good news. I, if this ends up happening, I'm going to be very happy. I'm reading uh, from CantonRep.com now where Mike Hayden has some serious plans for some empty real estate in Maslin where... Apparently, there's a three-story sandstone block building, and for most residents, it would probably be best remembered as the longtime home of the Masonic Temple in Maslin. And Mike Hayden wants to renovate it, and he's looking to put food, entertainment, with live music, comedy, and electric gaming spanning across all three buildings. And apparently, he's looking to do a microbrewery in Maslin. Now, microbreweries and breweries have become like the new business. Everybody wants to be in the beer business. Yeah. And I don't know if Maslin currently has a brewery or not, 
but I, I know a lot of the local beer in this area is very good. Very yeah. good. And so I, I think anymore, if you don't have a brewery in your town, you're kind of being left behind. And now I don't know if they have one or not. They may. The thing I'm going to say about that is, though, is honestly, I kind of feel like that bubble, if it hasn't already, is pretty Will damn pop. close to popping. That and might like, be true. I'm not trying to say that like microbrews are going away, but having a microbrewery in every single city and, and multiple in Canton, multiple in the surrounding area, I just don't know what the demand for that's going to be in the future. The good thing about that, though, is, is that it's normally two-tiered. It's not normally just beer you normally offer also some really good food which helps you i think you know another restaurant probably never going to hurt you Uh, but you know the restaurant business can be it can be hard to make a living at that's for sure really tough the things that we're talking about here restaurants um brewery and a venue like a concert or a comedy venue he's talking about a comedy those are three brutal businesses dude they're hard three really really tough goes they say here there's preparations are ongoing to open a five-star steakhouse barbecue restaurant that they're hoping to have open by the winter followed by a banquet room next spring or or summer and a comedy club and electronic currency casino by the fall of 2018 all sound awesome. All sound like things I want to be a part of. I'm not knocking it. Listen to this. Overall, he's pouring between five and seven million dollars into the project. Oof. Man, now he owns a roofing business. I suppose I didn't realize there was that much money in roofing, but I guess if you're good at something, you're good at it. You know what I mean? Throwing throwing it all in, dude. I I respect it. I appreciate it. I don't know if I have the balls to do it though, man. Five to seven million dollars into a, into that, dude. This is gonna depress you. Hayden himself is 35 years old. Jesus. <laughs> How much does that make you want to end your own life right there? I got two years to catch up on that guy. Yeah, I'm sure you'll have $7 million in no time, buddy. Two years. He finalized his building purchases about a year ago, uh, said he's negotiating with the Food Network. With I'm sorry, with a, with a Food Network celebrity chef to run the kitchen at the restaurant. Huh. I wonder who that could be. I don't know. He's looking to have about 80 employees. Cooks, servers, bartenders, hosts, dishwashers would make up the bulk of those. And he says the second floor banquet hall would be able to accommodate wedding receptions, graduation, and dance parties and booster club programs. Again, reading from CantonRep.com there. I think it's awesome. I think if this comes to fruition, I'd be in love with it. Again, as a guy who likes beer and likes good food, likes comedy, I do do this. Do it. The, the, the rising of the tide lifts all boats in Star County, so I certainly support it. I hope that it comes to be, and I hope that it comes to be exactly what you want it to be. I'm a little skeptical, though, dude. I'm not going to lie. I mean, a five-star restaurant in the heart of Maslin, is that really... When I read that, I did pause in my head like, is that going to... I that mean, might go over like a lead balloon. Right. What's the what's what's the price per plate? I mean, if we're getting over twenty five bucks per plate, is that really going to thrive in Maslin, Ohio? At least you can say with like the Shulas going in at Hall of Fame Village. That's different. That's right there in the Hall that's of Fame different, Village. Right. That's that's vacationers. That's people who are visiting. We're talking in the middle of Maslin. I I I, I, just I don't, don't know. know if it's going to support that. Now, or maybe I, I, maybe we're not giving Maslin enough credit. I don't know. I'm not saying that boy Maslin people just <laughs> sitting around eating baked potatoes and Bud Lights. I mean, I can't even believe you. Have bottoms on your shoes. Right, right, right. That's, <laughs> that's not, how we're that's saying. That's the point. If, if this same thing, if a five-star restaurant was opening in a part of Canton that I didn't feel would necessarily support it, even downtown, I would be like, I don't know, dude. You could make the argument a five-star restaurant would do better in Jackson than it would downtown. You've already, and it especially would. with restaurants in Stark County, dude, you've already reached a point of saturation. Yeah, man. but I feel like a lot of, and I hear this a lot, but like my buddy Seth lives in Maslin, right? And he always says, he's like, yeah, he's like, there's, it's like, it's filled with restaurants. He's like, but a lot of us people in Maslin have to come to Canton to do it. 
And so now if you can keep people in their own neighborhood, I think that that's probably smart. I, I, and I, this is, I guess, just based on the city that we live in. But people who are like, oh, I got to drive all the way to Canton. I got to drive 20 minutes. I, I, that will always boggle my mind. I know. Like anywhere else in the world. Yes, you have to drive 20 minutes to get to the restaurant I, you're going to. Honestly, I would never have talked about this, but Fantone opened the door. But when I moved here and I heard I had to start calling people I knew in Oregon and apologize. Because when I moved there, I would hear people say, I got to go all the way to Medford. Now, to give you like a frame of reference, Medford was 22 minutes away from where I, where we were standing when people would say that to me. And I would make fun of them. And I would say, all the way? Because, you know, being from Cleveland, people live on the west side, east side, whatever. They move around. They get, You know what I mean? They go. And so I was like, 20 minutes is what? Dude, all the way 20 minutes? And then I got here and people did that. I got to go all the way to Maslin? I was like, geez, guys, you could throw a football there. It's mind-boggling to me, but, dude, I, I, I hope this happens. I want to see this happen. As this can, story continues to develop, dude, I feel like we should reach out to this guy and Probably see should. what his plans are and see what you know what, what, what is there. But- I'll tell you what my plan is, is to call him up and borrow a million bucks. That's my <laughs> plan. But that would be awesome. Microbrewery, Steakhouse, Comedy Club, and Maslin, live music out there. I love it. I, dude, I just love that. I think it's a great idea, and I hope this comes to fruition. All right, we're all going to be able to sit around and knock the hot, attractive people all together. We'll do that as a class. That will happen next on Rock 106.69. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. About a half hour now. I'm getting hooked up with Hailstorm Tickets, you are. That show in October, Goodyear Theater in Akron. We'll get you hooked up here shortly. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. Something going on with my computer. Here, all right. There we go. We're back. We're back. Back better than ever. That was that was user error. That was not a problem with the machine itself. That was user error that time around. All right. Somebody looked into the long-term relationship statuses and happiness of wildly attractive people. We're talking tens here. We're talking good-looking people. Okay, nines and tens. All right. Turns out, attractive people are crappy at relationships. And I'm not surprised by this finding at all. I feel like this is filed this under, well, duh, type stuff. I believe it was Dave Chappelle who once said, men are only as, men are only as loyal as their options will allow. Meaning, dude, if you offer a guy something he thinks is better, he's going to do it. Right? Now, is that true of all men? Obviously not. But while performing as a comedian on stage, you're going to be allowed to generalize there. And I think that there's probably some sound uh, science in what he is saying. And, and I believe that. He also said, you know, about Bill Clinton, like, do people said, why would you sleep with Monica Lewinsky? And Dave Chappelle said, because she was there. Like, busy, busy, important men sleep with who's available to them. They don't have time to be running around. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of examples of this. Tiger, Tiger Woods banging that um, Denny's waitress or whatever. Right. Arnold Schwarzenegger banging his the housekeeper nanny, or whatever. That one of the ugliest was. people you've ever seen. Right. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't get me wrong. There's certainly times when it's like, oh my god, this person's so attractive. I'm going to decide to cheat. But I think oftentimes it's it's not about the attraction. It's about the not- about the variety. There. I agree with men. That's t- totally true. They looked into women for this, and I think what this all comes down to. I'll just I'll streamline it all the way down for you. Basically, the science said this: people with options like capitalizing on their options. Duh, duh. 
what it what this really is is that good-looking people's wandering eye lasts longer because more people are after them. And this is why like relationship experts will always tell you, find somebody to date that's inside your zone of how you yourself look. If you date too high above your like look scale, there can be problems there. And if, if you're a man listening to us right now, and if you've ever dated a woman that you knew was outside of you, like where you sh- not should be, but like where you normally would be in dating somebody, meaning like you were dating a woman that is that much hotter than you. If you're going to be honest about it, you've thought about it in the back of your mind about the, that at some point this would be a problem. I think a big part of the problem with that is is people have a misconstrued uh, opinion of themselves. You know, I think plenty of people out there who are threes consider themselves sixes. You know what I mean? Like, there's plenty of people out there who are like, oh, no, you know. Nobody goes, I'm a four. Right. It's very, That's hard, fair. very hard for people to, to recognize that. And it's even harder for people to recognize, well, I'm a four, therefore I deserve a four. You know what I mean? Especially with men, dude. Especially with men. Men have been sold in this country forever that you deserve a ten. And we don't. Right. Every movie we've ever seen, doesn't matter how ugly the dude is, doesn't matter what's going on in his life or how dysfunctional or how nerdy he is or whatever's happening, at the end of the movie, he gets the 10. He doesn't get like the, he doesn't get like the ugly friend. He gets the girl. That's because the movie was written by an ugly nerd. Really? <laughs> like, that's why that happens. Absolutely, that's why that happens. And I would say that... You know, extending on what Chappelle had said, you know, 10 years ago about, you know, men, I would say I think it's people. I think if you offer a human being more options, you start to consider it. And then you start. And now I think high fibered people, high morality people are going to go. I'm not stepping away from my relationship. I don't care. Yeah. But the the, the rest of the population, Most which the would population, be which yeah. would be like 75 percent of them are going to go. Wait a minute. There's there there's 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 more gold at the end of that rainbow than I'm going to that rainbow. Yeah, I I mean definitely when you have more options available to you, when you have more people, and I mean let's be real, attractive people get hit on and get treated differently than unattractive people do. It's just just truth there. Sure. You're going to have a harder time saying no so many times. That's what I've always said about women. It's like you keep hitting it. They they keep getting asked. They keep getting asked. They keep getting asked. Sooner or later, they're going to say yes. And that's why attractive women will honestly, you know, they say that you should always ask them out. Because a lot of times guys are intimidated by a very beautiful woman. And so, like, she may end up saying yes to you because she's sick of dating inside her own gene pool. But I'm telling you, like, as a guy, I dated a woman not all that long ago who was on the on the scale of, like, how beautiful she was compared to how good looking I am. I mean, dude, she, I mean, was far and away a better looking person than me. And if I'm going to be honest with you, as I always try to be, audience, I will tell you that the entire time throughout that relationship, I was thinking to myself, there's no way. I felt like every day I'm hanging on for dear life. And that is a bad way to go through the relationship. That's That's not good. I knew in the back of my mind, she's eventually going to leave. Now, uh, worth noting that in that situation, she was awful. Yes. Very attractive (laughs) woman, but a very unattractive person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a very, very attractive. I don't know why you love getting me yelled at by her, but. Well, I mean, <laughs> but yes, no, the, the facts of that story are true. Right. Let's not act like, let's not act like everything else was roses and it just, you just couldn't deal with her being more attractive. No, she than was you. a tough, she was a right. tough person to, to merge your life with too. There's no doubt right. about that. But there was part of me that was like, cause guys would constantly talk to me about it. 
Like, dude, that girl's so hot. How the hell did you even do that? Like, she's so beautiful. And yeah, she had been in, like, Playboy.com, and she had done all that kind of stuff, and she was. She was wildly attractive. But there were multiple times where I found myself going, yeah, this is me hanging on. Like, I could feel finger grips on her arms of, like, don't go, man! Like, I could feel it every day. And obviously, like, what a bad place for you or anyone in that situation to be. Like, just every day doubting yourself and doubting your relationship. And like, If I'm going to be honest with you, I have doubted myself since the separation of that it like she like and it wasn't her fault i'm not like i'm not out to like jump up and down on her this is more a problem with me than it is really with her but ultimately like i felt like a lack of my self-esteem was taken like it's that that's a tough feeling when like you know i don't want to say this because you know potentially i'm gonna end up dating somebody and you're gonna be like you're on record saying she was hotter than me like i don't need that but like when one of the most beautiful women you've ever been with is like nope i'm choosing somebody else you're gone it's i don't care who you are oh, yeah dude it's a dude that's a blow it was a low blow and i'm telling you i'm still feeling the effects of it i think i think that's why i'm having problems dating now even it, it's not always necessarily you know it's that she was oh you're you know the most beautiful woman you've ever been with but like yes there's the most attractive person you've ever been with the best sex you've ever had in your life the person that's best for you and all three of those things can be different people for sure they you know can. what i mean there like are definitely different people for me for sure so so with those you as an adult have to recognize that like yes my my partner has been with other people that are attractive my partner has been with other people that i had great sex with and my partner has been with people that they got along really well with you're just trying to fill all three of those jobs at once like yeah you don't necessarily it's like it's like mario in a video game he wasn't the highest jumper and he wasn't the fastest but he was a good combination of all those attributes that you wanted therefore it's like all right i'm going with him as the person i'm playing with as opposed to luigi who could jump high but couldn't run fast well plus mario had the balls to eat mushrooms well, you know I, what i mean exactly. like step up and party and then you can get stuff done I, I, I feel like that applies across the board there where you want an employee who can do multiple things it's not necessarily like okay well yeah you're the best at mopping the floors but you're terrible at cleaning the toilets look at your favorite sport right now the nba yeah the nba completely changed it used to be back to the basket yep. and like tall guy league. Now it's like you better be able to guard four positions right. and you better be able to play three right. positions on offense. It's all about versatility. This is what common core math is too, by the way. This is learning how to do things a different way. The world is changing. Memorization doesn't matter anymore. Remember when I talked to my sister-in-law on the phone, we talked about Beth, uh, what was it Betsy DeVos taking yeah. over the thing. And what my sister-in-law said, it's no longer about what you know. It's what you can solve. And that's the world today. You gotta be basically what you need to be is a human Swiss army knife. Otherwise you will never be valuable to anybody, whether it be your relationship or your employer at work. You need to be versatile. That's today's absolute world is be versatile. But I'm telling you, I buy into all this. I think hotter, the, the hotter you are, the worse the relationship is going to be, not only in uh, under your own fault. Sometimes what can happen is, is you're going to date somebody and they'll be self-conscious about the fact that you're so much better looking than them oh, yeah. that that can split up that relationship. And that's to no fault of you. You know what I mean? Nobody, I mean, you were born sexy. That's just the way it is. That's, that's not your fault. It's just the way it is. But it can lead to problems in your relationship. The President of the United States is up early. And he's on Twitter already. Fans Home found me a couple of tweets. And I just feel like I can't walk out of here today without examining them. We'll, uh, we'll read those to you next on Rock 106. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. And we have Hailstorm tickets. We'll pass those out here shortly. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will need on those. I, I, I want to be a little careful here. Because I know, well, A, I've been doing, 
been doing radio shows for a long time. And so I kind of understand how listening to the radio works. You're kind of like halfway listening to it in the car while you're thinking about how you got to ground your kids for finding Vicodin in their bedroom or like you're, you're being passed over for a promotion at work or like maybe your girlfriend. Like people just kind of halfway listen. And then something will come out of the speaker that you half hear and then you get all fired up about it. And now dudes like me got to be fired. Right. And that's how people have listened to the radio forever. And we have been accused of being a little anti Donald Trump. Which I find hysterical because I was the first guy in any media fashion whatsoever telling you that's going to be the nominee. I was the first guy saying it. Go back and check the record. I was the first one out there going, that will be the presidential nominee for the Republican Party. I'll guarantee it. I remember saying it. So I'm not necessarily anti. But I've had some questions about some things that happened. And I don't feel like that's out of line. I questioned Barack Obama while he was president and demonized plenty of things that the guy done. Nobody seems to remember that. I'm just anti-Trump and you hate me now for it. Fine, whatever. And I mean, not to give myself a pat on the back here, but I feel like as somebody who uh, who is definitely a liberal, I feel like I kind of fly in the face of like the stereotypical like, oh, you just listen to whatever you want to do. I would I'll, agree. I'll take people's opinions. I'll as new evidence presents itself. I'll change my opinion. Like not only that, you were the first person uh, from the left side of the, of the political aisle in media to step up the day after uh, election night and say, yeah, I was wrong. I thought it was going to be this. I was wrong. Well, and it's not like getting something wrong as a prediction necessarily changes how I believe or what I think or anything like that. I, I, I understand um, there's what do I want to say. There's a decent amount of people out there who feel vehemently different than me. It doesn't make you a terrible person. That doesn't mean that I hate you. That doesn't mean I disagree. You know, like, right. like who you are as, as a person, like, it's okay. And I think more people need to be on that. Less screaming and just agree. A, a little bit more like, it's okay that you feel differently than me. I've had a different life than you. I have a different perspective than you. I have a different, you know, it's, it's so I should okay. talk to as many people as humanly possible. Okay. It's like when you buy a puppy, they tell you to get it in front of 100 people. It's because so you so you train your dog to be nice to people. It's the same thing. You should talk to more and more people so your views start to change and you start like you know allowing more information in. Now the reason why we're bringing this up is because Donald Trump loves Twitter, and Fantone pointed this out like two weeks ago and he was totally right. If you run Twitter, you gotta love Trump because there's a there's a multiple social media you know outlets and he likes Twitter. You know, and I said, and I think this is true. Twitter starts with T, so is Trump. That's the one I'm using. Like, that's to me, that's like totally the way that would have went down. I think he understands the value of the 140 characters, the brief two sentences. And I mean, I think that's how he became president was being able to come up with like, hey, here's the simple streamlined thing that I'm trying to say. Right. And Twitter's a perfect avenue for that. And. Yeah, that'd be hard to deny that. And, you know, there there are people that kind of credit him with kind of... Like, I saw a political cartoon this morning, right? That showed Trump on one side, the media in the middle, and a dude, like, in a recliner chair at home. And there was a football in the air, and the guy at home was trying to catch it, and it said Twitter in the middle of that. And there is some truth to that. Like, that you can kind of get your message out and skip media bias and get it straight to the fingertips. Now, I'm not sure he's doing the best version of that. The problem I will say with that is the complexities of the issues that are dealt with by the president often aren't best transmitted through such a short, you know. It's hard hard for you to make a clear message on health care. When you have 140 characters to work. I would admit that the world's problems need as much conversation and dialogue as they can get their hands on. Yes, I would agree with that. But when it comes to getting people on your side, two sentences work great. This is, Yes, that's true. Absolutely. So, apparently this is about 40 minutes ago. 
The Donald Trump tweets, it's two parts, starts this. President Trump tweeted this. I heard poorly rated Morning Joe, which is Joe Scarborough. Yeah. Is it, do I have that right? Speaks badly of me. In parentheses, he says, don't watch anymore. Then how come low IQ crazy Mika, along with Psycho Joe, came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me? She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no. What? First of all, I don't know if Morning Joe's been poorly rated or lowly rated. I've heard people say the opposite of that, but I don't know. I have not seen the Morning Joe ratings. It kind of sounds like Phantom's going to the Google machine to find out whether or not that's real or not. I don't know how Morning Joe does. But, and I've said this before. And I know a lot of people like the fact that he doesn't sound presidential. And that's what we need. We need a a shoot from the hip and we need somebody like us. And I would say that, you know, that's what people used to say about George Bush. Is that he was one of you. Plain spoken. Plain states. But when, I don't, when George Bush still kind of came off presidential to me. I know he kind of would screw up the fool me once. Like he screwed some of that kind of stuff up. And from time to time, like I get that, right? And remember when we thought that was like the worst thing in the world a president could do? He didn't even know that if it's fool me once, shame on me. Like like he screwed that whole thing up and everybody knocked him. Like, does that even sound bad for a president to do that now? It doesn't even sound bad. It sounds like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, like given what we got now, I I, I might go back to that. Right? Like, you're going to mention somebody's facelift and she was bleeding bad and that's why you told them no, they couldn't hang out with you? Like, I said this to Fantone during the break when we read the tweet. I said, you know, if this was anybody else's Twitter, the first thing you would think to yourself is, this guy's on drugs, right? And then Fantone said to me, he goes, not me. For me, it would be, are there mental health issues going on here? He's losing it. Right? The whole thing with this is, is, you know, calling somebody low IQ and a psycho and like... None of this is going to matter, though. Like, no, dude, he as, talked about dating his own daughter. He talked about grabbing women by the vagina. This dude, this will bounce right off. This will be nothing. Yeah, this is a, this is a non a non issue, especially for his supporters and for his people. No, who, they'll love it. For people who don't support him, you can get pissed about this and you can point at this. It's just like the 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 Time Magazine or the million other things that you get so upset about. But like, this is not going to be the 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 straw that breaks the camel's back, no. dude. Not even close. Won't even be close. So, like, uh, why stop? If I'm him, dude, I'm Teflon. Why would I stop doing this? This is what got me to the promised land. Of course I'm going to keep doing this. My supporters aren't going anywhere. You know, it's kind of like what Bill Burr said about, you know, you know, Schwarzenegger. Like, everybody was like, why would you sleep with your mate? And Bill Burr, the comedian, pointed out, it's like, dude... Arnold Schwarzenegger came here, didn't know the language, got famous for working out, then became an actor, even though nobody can understand him, then became a politician and married a Kennedy. Why? So, of course, and Bill Burr pointed this out. He's like, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger thought he could sleep with his maid and get away with it. He's been in the zone for four decades. And Bill Burr said, four decades, nothing but net. Of course he thought he could do it. And he was so right about it. And this is very true with with the Trump thing. Of course he thinks he can do this and get away with it because he's proven that he can. It's just, I just... 
you know, we can talk about the lowering of the standards, and I don't want to go too far, and I don't want to ring the bell, and I know a lot of people, I know Trump, dude, he won huge here, and so I, I understand that this upsets a lot of people, so I want to be a little bit careful here, but, like, guys, like, I mean, dude, if, if Obama would have tweeted like that, you would have been saying not presidential the moment it came out of his mouth. I think it's undeniably unpresidential. Um, worth noting. I think it's, I, I, yeah, I don't think that's deniable either. That Morning Joe, the Rachel Maddow show, and MSNBC as a whole are looking at record high ratings. Washington Post and New York Times both have an increased um, uh, increased uh, readership. Um, so a lot of these things that, like, hey, it's, you know, these lowly rated, it's like, well. Well, uh, I, you could make the argument he's driving people to the pro- products sure. as he talks about it. And so maybe, I, I don't know if those are inflated because he speaks of it. I mean, regardless. I mean, the best thing that could happen for me is for Trump to get out there and talk about how bad the show is and how lowly rated. It would be the best thing that ever happened to me. Whether it's because of him or because of other things, I mean, you're still looking at record right. highs. So, like, you can't necessarily. Advertisers don't care. The eyes are on it. You can't necessarily knock that. Um, and this, like this tweet, and, and it's, it's a very good example of when I've talked in the past about like how President Pence wouldn't concern me nearly as much as President Trump, just because like I don't expect an adult to do that. You know what I mean? I don't expect other like politicians to do that. Trump is truly one of a kind in that in that situation with how he acts here. If I read that the CEO of iHeartMedia had said that about the CEO of Cumulus Media, I would have been like, what are we doing? Right. Why are we sandbox arguing amongst CEOs of Fortune 500? What are we doing? Like, I would look at my the leadership of my company like, oh my God, I can't believe I work here. <laughs> like, that's exactly what I would think. Like, there are things that are okay for me to do that are not okay for the CEO of the company to do, and vice versa. I just I, I thought that was very strange. I'm being told, you know, presidents have always been able to bypass the media bias. You can do it in a presidential address. You get all the TVs. Yeah, but dude, you got to clear that through yeah. four networks. You got to get them to carry it. And it's not as easy as you think it is, and that's why they're scheduled. And we're sitting at a point right now where like White House press briefings aren't allowed to be taped. That's not crazy. Even, not even like not even and like that's not a real story right now, which is crazy. N- not even like oh, you know, well the questions that reporters are asking, but just like the press briefings alone aren't. Being being taped. <laughs> to me, that's if, that screams. We're trying to hide this. From if you. you want, if you want people, it's uh, like I've said with body cams before. If you want more facts introduced, get it on video. How is how is the media by playing by broadcasting live? How are they putting bias on anything? Agreed. I totally agree. And again, I don't hate everything the guy does. And I even said yesterday. Remember, I said this yesterday. We may end up looking at Donald Trump 50 years from now. I was like, damn, dude, that ended up being a pretty good presidency. We might. Start showing me evidence. Well, dude, I mean, a lot of times it takes time for those. You know, historians have said you don't really know what a president did until 20 years after they're out of office. You just you got to see things develop over time. I'll tell you the one thing. So, you know, Trump supporters, I'm going to throw you a bone right here. I'm going to throw you a bone. I'm going to earn back a little bit of you right here. I'll tell you one thing that is true under the Trump presidency, and I looked into this. It's true, and it's not being talked about in the mainstream media, the lamestream media. Apparently, sex trafficking crimes are being convicted at an an amazing rate underneath his reign right now. Like, they've kind of taken that on as one of their causes, and they're doing a great job with it, and nobody's talking about it. And as a matter of fact, I read it at a news outlet that has been wildly critical of Donald Trump. And they said, look, we have been critical, but this is true, this is happening, and people aren't really talking about it. So there, there's a little little goodwill back to the Trump supporters there. I just want to show you, I'm not, I'm not just out to pile on the guy. But when you tweet stuff like that, I got to talk about it. 
As a matter of fact, I remember saying during the election cycle that I was kind of like, there was a little bit of me that was like, God, I kind of hope he wins because this guy will supply nothing but storylines for me. I didn't realize the country was going to get all PC and snowflakey and I wasn't going to be able to talk about those stories because it was going to make Affy so goddamn mad. I didn't realize that. But that is happening. They're cracking down on human trafficking, and they're doing a really good job of it, according to the Washington Post, and nobody's talking about that. So, a little goodwill there. What, you don't buy it? Oh, I was just going to say, if you don't buy the Washington Post when they're critical of him, I don't know if you can necessarily be like, well, Washington Post says. Well, I mean, like I said, they came out and said, look, we've been critical, and people are, are coming after us, but this is factually correct. This is happening. They're doing a fantastic job at this. They get all the facts wrong. They make up their own facts. Except for when they support my opinion, then. Yeah, well, I that's how them. everybody works. I believe them. You know what I mean? I'm just, just earning back a little bit of goodwill there. We'll pass out those Hailstorm tickets to end the program. That will happen next. Hang on. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend Pinks. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studes with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have Hailstorm tickets. We'll pass those out here shortly. 1-800-243-7625 is the number you will need on those. You got big plans for the day, buddy? Uh, what's going on this afternoon? What day is today? Thursday? Thursday. Um, I'll probably hit Uber in, uh, in in a little bit here. So if you're uh, looking for a ride, you can uh, find your boy out there. Dude, I would imagine you have an opportunity to make some money this weekend, right? With 4th of July weekend right around the corner. Yeah. I'm willing to bet a lot of people are going to be out boozing. People getting DUIs and stuff. Why why, why do that? Well, Fantone can give you a ride. Damn right. Um, But truthfully, dude, I probably won't too much this weekend because it's going to be like, dude, you're on you know, you're know, on a four-day weekend. Go go take the day away from yourself. it. I, yeah. yeah. So I get that. Uh, so I'll be Ubering a little bit this afternoon, and it's Thursday, so at three o'clock I'll be hanging out with the dudes at Project Rebuild. Well, the dudes and the ladies, I guess. I don't want to. I don't want to exclude. Them. No, not do not exclude that. No. So I will be. Uh, I'll be over there this afternoon as well. What you know about what? you? What you got? I'm. Uh, well, I, I, from what I'm understanding, the weather says actually tomorrow and Saturday it's going to be rain filled. Okay. So if that's the case, I'm probably going to try to get some golf in. Um, I, I am probably going to try to get that done today. Um, so I'll probably just do that and then, uh, you know, get prepared for the, for the final day of the week. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, thank the Lord, dude. I feel like we've been dragging this thing uphill for the last two weeks. Just like, come on, we want to go on vacation. I'm trying to find the date cause I'm actually doing something to benefit project rebuild. Are you now? Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Thursday, July 20th. So it's a, it's a ways out yet, but I am, uh, I'm going to do, um, Remember when we had Lamar Sharp in and he was doing the celebrity scooper for Nom Nom Popcorn? Yeah, of course I do. I'm going to do one of those and all the pro not I don't know about all the proceeds, but some of the proceeds go to benefit a charity and they asked oh. me which one I wanted to do, so I picked Project Rebuild. Well, thank you very much, buddy. As my charity. So uh, July 20th, I'll be a celebrity scooper at Nom Nom Popcorn. Excellent. Excellent. I just excellent. went because I knew they're going to end up giving me popcorn. Yeah, dude, Stansbury's <laughs> just full. I was like, yeah, him. absolutely. That's uh dude, what, what are you doing for the like holiday weekend? Are you going away? Uh, what are you guys going to do? Uh, no set plans yet. It looks to me like there's four days of nothing and there's how great is that right there's a part of me that's like all right dude you need to figure something out and do something and then there's or, a part of me that's like no, no maybe i don't right no just let let things unfold as they will so i don't know that's actually a good conversation tonight at the dinner table like babe what are we doing for the holiday weekend do you have anything uh, I'm just, no i'm not making any plans right. i was gonna go out of town and i decided eh, let's not do that let's not waste the money um might need it here in a little while might and, possible and so i was like nah probably not gonna do that so i'm um you know, we're on vacation in the middle of July, so I may go somewhere for that. I'm, right. I'm thinking about Gulf Shores, Alabama, maybe. 
Um, I, I got to see if actually I got to check my email to see if uh, somebody responded back to me about a house I was going to rent for a week down there. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't know. But uh, no, mostly I'll just be playing golf. Just, you know, day drinking, playing golf. <laughs> Nothing really extravagant. We have Nothing hailstorm really tickets. We, uh, we have hailstorm tickets. They're playing October 3rd, Goodyear Theater in Akron. Let's send you. We'll take caller 15 right now, 1-800-243-7625. Send you to see hailstorm. Aside from that, done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., live on Rock 106.9, online at WRQK.com, and the world round via iHeartRadio. You guys have an awesome afternoon. See you. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here. I always say on the show, one of the things in life that can make you more